This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. And thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. It feels like way too long since. We've been together, even though we're not really together. We are together. If you're in your automobile right now, thank you for letting me be a part of your commute. Let me take you home today if you have a 25-ish minute drive. And if it's so good, park in your driveway when you get home or your parking spot and just keep listening because it's that good. You can't get out of the line of fire of the Danny Mac podcast because we're in September and it is football season and we ring it in with our final uh, interview checking the NFC North today. We've already checked in in Minnesota on the Vikings with Pete Bursich from Vikings Radio. We did the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee, on Jordan Love's first year as the man in Green Bay. Today we visit with Lomas Brown in just a little bit. The veteran tackle. He played 18 years in the NFL, 11 of them with the Lions. He's been doing their games on the radio for several years. Recently was honored by the Lions. We'll get him on board in just a few minutes. But let me get to the event of Labor Day. Two words for you, Justin Steele. My God, what a season for the 28-year-old left-hander out of Mississippi. What has four eyes and can't see? Mississippi. Uh, I learned that in the movie Mississippi Burning. But I digress. Justin Steele has moved way up in, in the Cy Young handicapping. Here's what we've got for you at Bet Rivers today. And only Blake Snell is ahead of Steele right now in Cy Young investment opportunities. Blake Snell is minus 225 after his eight innings of scoreless ball yesterday where he whiffed a career-high 12 for his 16th win of the year. Steele is now just plus 250. He is the second favorite to win the Cy Young. Now, I don't care if he wins the Cy Young or not. I want to see the Cubs win the division and maybe maybe even get to the National League Championship Series because at 10 games above the 500 mark, you can forget about everything that happened, even the, the London trip, where which didn't go well for the Cubs and the short hangover they had upon their return to the States. That's ancient history, and whatever your expectations were before the year began, drop those. They change when a team consistently wins, and that's what this Cubs team has been doing. It has been winning consistently, winning series after series, and the 5 to nothing shutout over San Francisco Monday was nothing shy of exhilarating. Say a Suzuki uh, choosing center field or right center field, very, very disciplined at the plate. He he drove in three runs. He also scored a run. 
man, the Cubs get different contributions every day. And I am going to move on them tonight against the Giants to cop game two in the series today at Bet Rivers. The Cubs are minus 143. We have a total of 11, over 11 at minus 105, under 11 at minus 115. To win the National League, you dreaming big? To win the National League, the Cubs are 18 to 1. 18 to 1 to win the National League. That's a nice $25 play, isn't it? You could take some friends out for dinner on that kind of dough. To win the World Series, do we dare talk about it? 35 to 1 for the Cubs to win the World Series. The Braves are the favorite, and they're a good price, by the way, at plus 290. The Dodgers are at plus 375. Those are the teams. Uh, I think most of the money is going to go on those two clubs. Baltimore at 7-1 to is a very good play. The Orioles have played very good baseball. That's a fun team to watch. Down the stretch here, I've seen a little bit of the O's, and uh, I, I like what they're what they're doing. Uh, I'm not going to play them, but if you're interested, seven to one. I didn't mention Houston. The Astros are plus six fifty for the uninitiated. That means you would get six hundred and fifty dollars back on a one hundred dollar wager. And if you're not going to bet a hundred bucks, what's the point, right? <laughs> uh, that's irresponsible on my part. But just just be smart. Be very smart. Don't ever lose more than you can afford to gamble. I'm taking the Cubs minus 143. Now, that's what it is at the time of recording today. As money comes in, as you probably know, the odds change. And if you're a Cubs hater, and I know I got Cubs haters who listen to this podcast because I hear from you at Danny Mac Show. I, I get the emails, Danny Mac Show at Gmail. I'm sorry, at Danny Mac Show at Gmail. You you understand what I'm trying to say. I'm just looking forward to my interview with Lomas Proud in a couple of minutes. But if you're a Cubs hater and you think they are going to spit the bit and that's the last you'll see of Cy Young candidate Justin Steele, you don't believe in Kyle Hendricks or the lack of depth in the pitching staff down the stretch, okay, that's 4-1. to one. It, play, it pays 4-1 to one if you want to bet against the Cubs to be a playoff team this year. I am so excited about the duration of this baseball season. I didn't think I would be here, uh, but this Cubs team has really, really shown me a lot of, of what good clubhouse chemistry can lead to. And yes, you have to hit the ball and you have to have Cody Bellinger with a 900 OPS and you need Justin Steele to, to, you know, be fifth in the league in, in earn run average tops, in wins, tops in fewest home runs per nine innings. He's got some really impressive numbers. You've got to have those things. But when guys pull at the same end of the rope in that room, good things happen. I believed in that on the 98 team, which I thought was one of the best clubhouses in, in local baseball history, at least the ones I've worked. It was just at the beginning of Sammy Sosa becoming bigger than the team itself and he was he was around and he didn't have that entourage which became a big part of the disdain for Sosa was because there were clubhouse there were guys in the clubhouse who had no business being there and that was on Sosa for doing that uh but it, it wasn't part of 98 this team has been terrific 
Bellinger has been great. Dansby Swanson has earned the money. They paid him to be their shortstop. Nico Horner is having a terrific year. I mentioned Suzuki, who had the big day yesterday, including his 15th home run of the year. Contributions all over the diamond. That is fun. I'm playing the Cubs today. I can't wait to talk about the Bears with you more on Thursday's podcast. And I'll get Lomas Brown's thoughts on on the Bears in just a little bit. And I'll also, uh, we're going to keep it primarily on these Detroit Lions because they are indeed the favorite to win the NFC North. Do they deserve it? I'll ask Lomas Brown from their radio network in just a minute. I'm Dan McNeil, and you're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. You can do it anywhere you get your podcast, and tell a friend. The Macker isn't done sharing his deep sports thoughts with you. You can find me twice a week, typically on Monday late mornings we drop, and then again later in the week on Thursday. I'm Dan McNeil, and I am not finished saying things about stuff. The ball is going in the air in hours, and I can't think of a better way to talk about Dan Campbell's 2023 Detroit Lions than to bring in their radio analyst, the now veteran analyst for Detroit Lions football on the radio, 18-year NFL veteran Lomas Brown, good old number 75 is with us. Lomas, thank you so much for the time. It's We're not used to seeing the Lions in this position, opening the year against the defending champs and favorites to win the NFC North. Do they deserve all that love? You know what? I, I think they do. A lot of it's coming off how the guys finished the season last year. Um, finished it very strong. Um, I think the the why people are so optimistic around here is because you just seen how the young players, how they progressed, how they got better throughout the season. And, you know, the contributions from these young guys, it was just startling. I mean, we got great contributions from our first year, second year guys. And I think it was kind of unexpected. And it was really refreshing to see these guys step up the way that they stepped up, uh, continued to grow as the season went on. And you can just see at the end of the season, the Lions were playing at a very, very high level. And I think that's why the enthusiasm and everything has carried over until this season. Dan Campbell's an interesting dude. Uh, <laughs> second straight year, HBO's Hard Knocks has been fun. The Jets certainly are, are are tough to turn away from, as the Lions were last year. Would you have liked to have played for a guy like Campbell? Oh, without a doubt. You know, full disclosure, I played with him, as you know. Uh, we were He was my tight end when I was with the Giants in 2000-2001. So I got the opportunity to play with a young Dan Campbell. And you could see back then there was something different about this dude. You couldn't put your finger on it and say, yeah, he's going to be a great coach in this league. But you knew it was something different about him back when we were together back in 2000. So, you know, I would have loved that play for him. I wish I could. I, I told him the other day I could give him one good play. I could give him one good play he could get out of me. 
The Lions get a Kansas City defense that didn't get a lot of love last year. It all goes to the half-a-billion-dollar quarterback. Chris Jones will not play. He's, he's not happy. And Frank Clark is not a part of the Chiefs. The Lions have a very big physical offensive line with first-round picks. How important is it for them Thursday night to come out and, and not – so much push Jared Goff down Kansas City's throat, but get the rookie running back going, get former Bear David Montgomery going, and just set the tone. That's the key. To me, That's I had three keys, and one of my keys was the Detroit Lions offense establishing the run versus the Kansas City defense. We have to be able to establish the run. To me, everything comes off of the run. You know, you can set up your play-action passes, um, draw plays can come off of that. You know, screen plays. There's just so much that you can do when you establish the line of scrimmage and establish your run game. And if we're going to be the physical team that we want to be this year long, we we need to be able to establish the line of scrimmage and dominate the line of scrimmage. And I know from talking to uh, Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Panay Sewell, you know, Frank Ragnow, from me talking to those guys and Big V, talking to those guys during this summer, they want to be considered the number one offensive line in the NFL. And the only way you do that is you have to dominate each and every opponent up front. So, yes, the key to me, if we're going to have any chance to win this game, is to run the ball, dominate the line of scrimmage, and keep Patrick Mahomes and that offense on the sideline. If the Lions are going to win the North, if they're going to make a run in the playoffs, what's most critical for their football team, Lomas? I think for me, I I know the one thing that was a quick start. We can't have a slow start again. I mean, we've had slow starts in each of Dan Campbell's seasons here, and and it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on your team. It puts a lot of pressure on the second half of the season for you to almost be perfect because you your margin for error is so much smaller now. So to me, the key for us to win in the North and winning this division is to start off quickly. And that, that includes non-conference games too. You have to win those games so you can keep the momentum going. But to me, you have to start off quickly. You can't have a 1-6 and six start. You can't have an 0 oh and whatever start. You have to start off this season quickly. Lomas, I want to ask you about Lions fans. And uh, they, they received you very warmly when you were welcomed to the now 22-player Pride of Lions, just a few weeks ago, you played 11 of your 18 NFL seasons in the Motor City, and you were there for that last playoff victory, uh, the Lions' only playoff victory since the Eisenhower administration that went over Dallas. This is a tortured fan base, man, more so than any city in the NFC. Uh, God, I one Lions fan told me as much as people in Detroit love the Red Wings, they'd trade all of those banners for one NFL championship. What would you like to say to football fans in Chicago who think they have suffered with just three playoff wins in the last 24 years about what's gone on in Detroit and what makes Lions fans so special to you? Oh, my God, man. The people in Chicago have the 85 Bears that they could say, 
arguably, no, I, I won't even say arguably. I would say the best defense that I've ever played against, ever. I mean, it was unbelievable. Me blocking Richard Dent, Wilbur Marshall, Mike Singletary, uh, the Refridge, Hampton, McMichael, Richardson. Man, just, and I ain't even get to the secondary when you talk about Fensick and all those guys back there. Best defense ever. I don't care what nobody says. So at least the city of Chicago and the fan base of Chicago, they have that to hang their hat on. We don't have anything to hang our hat on. We got to go all the way back to the 50s to hang our hat on anything. And that's sad. I'm, I'm laughing because I'm trying to stop from crying because it's sad to say that. And like you were saying, last playoff victory, 1991. Last division vi uh, championship, 1993. This fan base deserves it. We really do deserve it here. They've been loyal. They continue to be loyal. Um, and like you said, they used to tell us that when I was in the locker room, if you guys ever won it, you would own the state of Michigan. We love basketball. We love hockey. We love baseball. But football is our passion, is our heart. That's our heartbeat is football. So those guys, man, if they can ever get it done in that locker room, I'm telling them they'll be revered forever here in the state of Michigan. And if my memory serves correctly, you were a first-year player. You were a rookie in '85, so that's a that's that's a nice indoctrination. Go block Wilbur Marshall, and he snapped Joe Ferguson's neck in that one of those games. Oh my God! Look, that was the first and only time I've ever seen somebody get knocked out before they hit the ground. I mean, Joe was asleep while he was still falling to the ground. I had never seen anything like that. And look, I had my hands full with Richard Dent, Hall of Famer, one of my great friends, but one of the greatest defensive players to ever play that game. So I couldn't even pay attention to what everybody else was doing because I had my hands full right over me each and every play. But like I say, greatest defense I've ever played against. And it took us six years before we won in Chicago. Six. I did not win in Chicago until my sixth year with the Detroit Lions. Oh, man. Wow. Well, that, that has changed. The Lions got them both last year. The Bears, I heard this morning, haven't won a game since prior to Halloween last year. So we're, we're coming up on a while, but there's optimism this year. Um, going to be fun to watch them open against Detroit. I want to ask you about two running backs you played with. Let me start with Gainesville. And that guy is Neil Anderson, who I always felt was an underappreciated bear. He had the misfortune of following Walter Payton. I don't think Bears fans ever appreciated how special this guy was, how quick he could get to the corner and hit the pylon, and a tough SOB. It's just injuries shortened his career terribly. Yeah, man, Charlie Neal, that's my guy, man. Blocked for Charlie Neal back at the University of Florida. You know, was a great, great, great player back at the University of Florida. I thought underrated back when he was there, he was an underrated player. And everybody could see how special he was once he got to the Chicago Bears and, like you say, took over for Walter Payton. To me, I mean, Walter's one of the greatest 
but it wasn't a big, big fall off between Walter Payton and Neil Anderson. Neil, like you say, was one of the toughest, one of the strongest guys. That, that's what a lot of people don't realize, how strong Charlie Neal was. We used to just marvel when he used to get in the weight room at Florida. We used to just marvel at some of the stuff he used to do with the weight. So a very strong guy, a dedicated guy, a religious guy, man, a guy that put God first. So he was just a great all-around person. You know what I'm saying? Just a great all-around person. I was happy for the success he had there, which it, wish it could have been more because he deserved more. Because like you say, when you're trying to fill the shoes of a Walter Payton, those are some big shoes to try to fill. And I don't think you could ever do that as a player. But I think Neil Anderson was the perfect person for Chicago to bring in to try to fill those shoes. Lomas, last question. I want you to settle an argument for me about this guy. Yes, I'm a 62-year-old man who still has figurines and bobbleheads in his office. And, boy, Bulls fans get mad at me when I say Barry Sanders is my favorite athlete of the 90s. They expect you to say some basketball player named Jordan. But settle this argument for me. Uh, A friend of mine says Barry Sanders sold out his football team by retiring so late in the calendar, they already had drafted, didn't have a chance to make, uh, you know, an ad lib and go running back high to replace him. He was very, very close to breaking Peyton's all-time rushing record when he quit. And my contention is football is not a game you can play if your heart isn't in it. And I don't know what it was with Barry, whether it was the Lions organization or his body just taking a beating, but I forever will defend him because if he would have shown up and his heart wasn't in it, that that's how you get hurt and that's how you hurt your team. I, I don't have any issues with the way Barry Sanders played the game nor the way he concluded his playing career. What are your thoughts? I, I don't either. I mean, think about it. For 10 years, this man gave you the best of what he had. For 10 years, he gave his blood, sweat, tears to that game. He never cheated the game. He never cheated uh, the players that played with him. He always gave you everything he had. And after 10 years, he wanted to walk away. I remember Barry saying that he didn't recognize the team anymore. You know, with salary cap problems, they got rid of me and uh, let me go and me and Chris Spillman go in 1995. They let Benny Blaze and Kevin Glover go in 1997. Barry said he didn't recognize the team anymore. But you gave us, and when I say us, you gave the fans 10 years of your life of beautiful football. And because you didn't go for year 11, 12, 13, whatever, you know, a lot of people are negative on him. And like you say, this is a game. When you are no longer 100% committed to this game, you have to get out. It's not you have to get out because, like you say, you're going to get hurt. You're going to get hurt. You're going to either get yourself seriously hurt or you're going to get hurt out there to the point where you can't play the game anymore. So I have no problem with the way Barry left the game. Barry said, and I always remember what he said at his Hall of Fame induction speech. He said, I didn't choose football. Football chose me.
And for him to give football 10 years, 10 brilliant years of his life, I don't think you can ask for anything else, especially when he said that he didn't choose football. Football chose him. It had been 21 years since I connected with Lomas Brown, and it's not like we talked all the time. I had him on my radio shows on The Score a few times over the years and maybe on ESPN 1000 as well. But uh, just fun stuff, talking with a guy who's got such a great passion for the game of football. The Bears and the Packers. That is what will occupy my thoughts for Thursday's podcast. The best bets I have for the Bears for the season, both collectively and individually, the way I see the NFC North shaking out, and what are the most important elements for Team Eberflus to get out of the gate strong. It's going to be a big test Sunday. See, I wanted to just tease what I'm doing on Thursday, and here I am ready to do that podcast already. The Bears are one-point favorites. It's one of the lowest totals of the week at 43. Uh, I'm liking the over. There's your early tip. Go over before that number starts to grow. How can you have a game with a total of only 43 with the great Justin Fields and DJ Moore? working the Chicago offense. Thank you so very much for listening. Adam Delavid is the man who makes it all happen at Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Sam Michael is my executive producer. Randy Merkin, nice job as our coordinating producer, getting us hooked up with Lomas Brown today. And for social media, we thank Alex Pastor for his efforts, as well as Troy Mocker, the Georgetown Hoya, for giving me all that good research on where the money is going at Bet Rivers. Talk to you Thursday. I'm Danny Mack. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mack Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network.